Fantasy Football Podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Live in the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And as always, I am joined by the loveliest of co-hosts, Dennis Carter the Eighth. Denny, how's it going, buddy? The eighth. That's a, that. That's a lot of bragging about your ancestors having sex. If you're, <laughs> really if you're the eighth, is. really is. How are you doing, buddy? I'm. I, I'm well. Uh, I. I do think we have a, a a possible brand infringement situation that happened on Sunday. Um. Uh. I. We'll. We'll get into it here. Uh. Someone, an NFL player, Vontae Davis. Retired at halftime, which is an, a running joke. Yeah, yeah, he really did. He actually, all of the tweets that we that we have sent over the last, I don't know, six years, yeah. talking about guys retiring at halftime. I even sent, I, I even fired one off last night. Well, it was more of a, I, I usually send them to uh, reverse jinx situations because I was yeah. pretty high on Tyler Lockett this past week. And he, he was, it was like, he wasn't even a person during the first half of last night's game. So I sent out a tweet and said, man, it's crazy that Tyler Lockett retired before the game started. Right. Yeah. And, and this is what we do as a way yet to reverse jinx or like try to make light of, of an otherwise terrible situation, you know, for fantasy purposes, you look at the box score and it's zero across the boards and you're thinking, was the guy hurt? And you look it up and nope, he wasn't hurt. He's just not being used at all. And, right. and so we say, I mean, LTS listeners will, will know this from way back, but if you're somewhat new to the show, the joke is, you know, player X seems to have retired at halftime and Vontae Davis was so sick of the Bills shit that he actually retired at halftime. It's incredible. It's 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 amazing. I mean, especially because it's to the bills. By the way, I'm just going to throw this out there. We're using different recording software, and just a second ago, Denny's voice sounded like a chipmunk. But hell no, I'm not editing that out. No. There's no there's no you. A lot of your take was was it was just a really really quick chipmunk noise, oh. and that's staying because we need people to to laugh at us. Oh, oh boy, wow, this will be fun. Well, I I you sound crisper today. Uh, I, I have to say. Anyway, we should talk about Vontae Davis. The Vontae Davis thing, the fact that it happened to the Bills of all teams yeah. makes it the, the best. That's the best part of it. No no fan base this offseason was more obnoxious in my mentions and other analyst mentions than Bills Mafia. I'm not, look, I'm not directing this to people who like the Buffalo Bills and I'm saying that you're horrible people. I'm just saying that you guys were obnoxious as hell this offseason. Oh yeah, well, that, and that almost goes without saying when you're talking about something, when you're calling about talking about a fan base that calls themselves a mafia. True. I believe that they're going to be obnoxious. Uh, it, two things: uh, ESPN has a has a good story on on the whole Vontae Davis thing. Two things: one, you know, more power to him in this regard. He he he's quoted Vontae Davis is quoted as saying, "It's more important for me." and my family to walk away healthy than to willfully embrace the warrior mentality and limp away too late. Now that, that is a great, great stance for a long term. I, I, I'm, I'm all aboard. uh, I'm all about players looking out for their long-term health and well-being. Okay. Obviously. And so you are too. Sure. Uh, But then it says, Davis tweeted in all caps, only God can judge me on Monday, on Monday <laughs> afternoon. This is the same thing I tweet when I when I start Jared Cook in fantasy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only yeah, exactly. God can judge me. Right, right. I mean, look, people are he's 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 allowed to do what he wants to do. He's allowed to believe what he wants to believe. That's all great. It's just a it's it's such a strange thing that happened. It is. And here's the thing, the coaches are like Vontae's a good guy, you know. I have no hard feelings, and and the, but the players, the players are 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 pretty furious. I mean, I, I get it, but it's just funny that 
that the team is so bad that they have a player yeah. retiring at halftime. I want this to happen. I want next week. I want someone, anyone of, from the Bills, to just retire in the third quarter of. <laughs> I, I want to. Yeah, no, like like mid game, like not even halftime, but like they're. You think they're taking a playoff, but they actually retired. J- just just walk off the field. Yeah, because they're seventeen point road dogs this week. They're gonna lose by thirty seven. <laughs> oh man. Who's who's worse, the Bills or the Cardinals? Mm, holy cow. I mean, it's got to be you, – you want to know what's really interesting is that the two coaches of those teams were ex-coordinators for Carolina. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what, does that, what does that say about their system? I mean, not not, how, how great is it too – and this is going to change as the season goes on – but the bottom four teams, bottom five teams really, if you want to include Oakland, in points scored. I tweeted this earlier today – all five of them are we need to run the ball teams. I love it. I love it. I, also, I've been in a uh, back and forth with someone on Twitter who said, "Of uh, uh, not only is your take wrong on running backs, but only good teams uh, spend huge amounts of resources, both draft capital and salary cap, on running backs." Uh, uh, and and they they point to the the Jaguars. Right and and uh, um, and the Vikings who pay their uh, their running back uh, Dalvin Cook nothing by the way he makes right. he makes six hundred thousand dollars a year, which is the point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were there were a lot of take. First off, anytime there are discussions around the amount of money being spent at the running back position as a team. I don't think they're very valid because everything it, it's similar to like quarterback scoring in fantasy football where like the, the quarterback scoring is generally really, really tight, mm-hmm. which is why, which is part of the reason why they don't really matter. The, 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 the amount of money being spent on running backs is so low. So the amount that teams are spending is really tight. It's not like at quarterback, let's say where you get a quarterback on a rookie deal, but then Kirk cousins is making $30 million a year mm-hmm. where there's just like a massive discrepancy at the position team by team. You don't see that at running back. That's part of the, Part of the issue, and running backs are still making far fewer dollars than any other position, any other relevant position, really in the entire league. That, that's really the the main point with spending at the running back position. So, but imagine taking the stance right today in today's in 2018 that no, no, no. In fact, it's good to pour massive resources into the running back position and ignore other positions because of that. It's yeah. good to do that. That that's actually what I, what someone was telling me online today. Today, right. not I was not tweeting in 1996. Right um, when so you know someone perked up and said, "By the way, all the all the good teams have good running backs." Uh, it's 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 an incredible thing. We see it. We see Pete Carroll has gone down the the running backs matter rabbit hole, and now that team is in hell. Right. I mean, th- this is what happens, and we saw. In week three, in week two, rather, we saw the Jaguars' offense look awesome. The, the Jags' offense, Blake Bortles looked amazing, and I think I think what happens is these teams feel so so trapped that they have to use these backs and they mm-hmm. have to utilize these weapons without realizing that utilizing these weapons, even though they're they're great at their position, Leonard Fournette's a great running back, but running backs inherently just don't really matter that much. And when you're when you're forced to put guys like Corey Grant onto the field, who's this electric pass catcher who can make things happen when he has the ball in his hands. When you're forced to to throw the ball deep, when you're forced to actually you know utilize your quarterback and utilize a passing game, that's when your offense can really change. Blake Bortles isn't that great of a quarterback, but Blake Bortles was fantastic this past weekend, and I, I really think that a lot of it is just this like he, he was like unhinged, right? Like it was just this like this feeling of oh I don't have to sit back and and think that I have to be this game this this pure game manager and have this this mentality that I'm going to drop back to pass only 20 times cuz we're going to pound the rock which makes each of those dropbacks more important mm-hmm. it's just it's it's really mind-boggling to me that that people continue to buy into this narrative and then the other thing too Denny after that Sunday night game where we saw Dallas just completely annihilate the Giants like just just the Giants were horrific right and people are saying, well, Saquon Barkley couldn't get anything done because the offensive line was so bad. Guys, that's, that's the point. That is the point. That is the absolute point. That 
a running back being drafted second overall shouldn't need all of this help in order to be great. Now, of course, t- players need help in order to be good. I mean, every single player, you know, a quarterback needs a good offensive line if he wants to be elite. But I, you know, realistically with quarterback specifically, if you're a truly elite quarterback, it doesn't really matter what's around you. You're going to produce, right? Uh, I, I'm just glad that the uh, Giants spent a ton of draft capital to draft a guy who can catch 15 three-yard passes because yeah, right. I, I don't think any other running back can can do quite what Barkley did on Sunday night, which is to catch 15 three-yard passes. I you know uh, you have to pay up for that sort of, sort <laughs> right. of usage. Right. I, look, I, Saquon Barkley is amazing, and he was he was incredible when he did have the ball. And even though his 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 stats didn't look very good, he he was incredible when he had the ball in his hands, even in that Dallas game. You can tell he has a ton of talent. But the, the bottom line is that it that doesn't matter. Like the mm-hmm. delta between one running back to the next just isn't that significant. Running backs matter to a degree. They can matter in individual game circumstances, but in the long run, they just they're, they're not worthy enough of a second round pick, let alone on a team. I mean, look, the Giants had two choices going into the season. In 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 the draft rather. They could either get a quarterback, get Sam Darnold most likely, or they could have traded back and gotten assets to, to real, I mean, because there are holes on that team, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to be competitive right away. And instead, they got a luxury position that has a short shelf life that you draft when you're in win now mode. Mm-hmm. And now they're absolutely screwed. Right. It's just, it's anyone who says, you know, you can't question coaches because of the positions that they're in, or you can't question general managers because of the positions that they're in. Guys, coaches and general managers are stupid as hell. Period. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And they they continually. Well, uh, Dirk Dirk Cotter from the from the Bucks actually admitted in an interview last week. Yes, I that, saw this. That, yeah, that, that he doesn't. Uh, I'm trying to paraphrase here, but but he doesn't abide by analytics because analytics don't guarantee short term results. They only guarantee long term success. And right. he's not interested in long term success. He's interested in winning next week, which is which is un- unfortunate, but it's also the reality of the way coaches are hired and fired, right? Mm-hmm. If you um, uh, if you lose traditionally, uh, then you probably keep your job. If right. you lose untraditionally, then uh, you are more likely to be fired, which is why I think we're, we will see some of these young, innovative coaches uh, fired quickly when things go awry because um, instead of punting – you know, it fourth and inches from the, from the 50 yard line, they're going for it and maybe they don't make it, but the optimal move is to go for it there. Right. So, so they're, they're going to do things out of the norm. Fans are going to react. Owners are going to react and be like, you know, no, we, we have to do, we have to do things the old way, even if they don't work, we have to, we have to go back. Yeah. Like Like the Browns did. The Browns made that decision. And people get mad at me on Twitter all the time for, what they see as beating a dead horse, right? I'm talking about running back value. I'm talking about using analytics, in-game analytics too. You know, those, those sorts of things are important and people, you know, I'll tweet about it and they clearly don't agree with me and they send me that that South Park gif of the dude beating the dead horse. And, and they're, they're, but the reason I'm doing it is because there are so many people in the media who are just perpetuating this problem. And they're and they're they're encouraging it, right? They're they're saying things during games that that are are not intelligent. They're objectively not smart, you know. Saying right. thing saying things like running the ball opens up play action. No. There, there's a lot of research that says that that's not the case. You know, Russell Wilson over the last couple of years has been one of the best play action passers in the league. Show me his running attack. Yes, yes. you know, there's uh, just so much evidence that, that suggests otherwise. And these people in the booth are 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 just saying things because they've been taught that since you know, the NFL has been a thing. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they've been uh, taught that since before we knew better and now we know better, but they're still saying it. The, the but Just to get back to that Sunday night game, that, that game and those franchises, the Cowboys and Giants, are they are both an affront to progress in the NFL. They are both uh, just a, an abomination. I, I hate those teams so much. <laughs> I hope they... I hope they suck forever, forever. Yeah. That Amen. Only God can judge me now. And then we're watching the Chiefs doing what they're doing, and it's like, oh, my God, this yes. is amazing. Right. Just just so creative, throwing the ball down the field. 
Um, it, that's been awesome to watch. Patrick Mahomes is the truth. I love him. Uh, all right, Denny, let's recap what happened this past week. Not as good as week one. We kind of thought regression was going to happen, but uh, not as good as week one at quarterback. Uh, we had Case Keenum, who almost, almost was a complete disaster. Yeah. Very, very cool. But he did have a touchdown that was called back uh, early-ish in the game, or at least not at the end of the game. Um, but Case Keenum ended up scoring uh, 14 and a half points, so not a great start. Not like you know, not not like a, a Nick Foles week three kind of kind of oh, play. But um, Case Keenum 14 and a half. Tyrod Taylor uh, almost an identical uh, uh, fantasy score uh, as Case Keenum. Thank God he threw that deep ball to Antonio Callaway. It was right? it was ugly. It was really really ugly before that. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor's been pretty bad. He's been. I, well, I, I I don't know how the Browns don't pull pull the plug onto. I love Tyrod, but yeah, it's time. I there's no way that you can keep Baker Mayfield just sitting on the bench the whole season when when your 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 quarterback is playing like that. There's just no way. Well, the other thing, I I love Tyrod too, but I love Baker Mayfield more. I really, like, want, I, I'm, I really I'm I'm I freaking yeah. I love Baker Mayfield so much. He was my QB one coming out. His his numbers were incredible in college, but then I watched Hard Knocks too, and how, like it was impossible to hate the guy. I mean, he's he's awesome. Uh, other quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky was a deep play. He scored 14 points. Blake Bortles though, with a really big game, as we talked about, 32 and a half points. Mm. Denny, this past week there were a lot of 30 plus point performances. I think there were five or something. I tweeted, mm. uh, and there were only 17 of those all of last year. It's definitely. Uh, we've seen a rebound uh, with with quarterback and, and passing in general in the NFL to start the season. That's really good to see. And obviously, Ryan, Fitzma- Ryan Fitzpatrick continues yeah. to just light the world on fire. Uh, but we did not stream stream him last week. Uh, we, we did. It was a bad. It was. I think that would have been bad process. I, I really do. Yeah, I mean, you know, you only have a one week sample. The only thing with Philly is that they are that funnel defense, and that's that's the attractive piece to that uh, to that matchup. But yeah, I mean, you know, you're you're buying with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're also partially buying into his awesome pass catchers and weapons. I mean, if there's sure. if there's any if there's any like like, I mean, this is small sample size, but like going back to the running doesn't matter that much. The the, the Buccaneers can't run the football at all. <laughs> <laughs> right, like they can't do anything on the ground. They're just right. chucking the ball down the field. They're super inefficient on the ground, but they're two and zero. You yeah. know, we're we're just seeing we're seeing this work. These pass catchers uh, really really elevate a player like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, on defense, we had the New York Jets. Uh, they ended up scoring nine points. Uh, they were actually one of the better defenses of the week. Um, Washington was another one. They scored five, so not a bad week for defenses. Um, tight end, not very good. Jonu Smith played all snaps for yeah. Tennessee, but he didn't score a single point. Uh, Ricky seals Jones in a really good matchup. Um, he's, he's seen almost 20% of Arizona's targets. Uh, Ricky seals Jones has, uh, but he only scored 5.7 PPR points. You know, if Arizona was competent at all to me, David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald and Ricky seals Jones would be eating right now in fantasy football. Right. Uh, if they were at all competent. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like, you know, having almost anyone in those two offenses, the Titans and the Cardinals is you're just, the floor is so low because of the, yeah. because of how how bad they are. Oh, totally, totally. It's a you know my fifteen transactions column and podcast today. I talked about David Johnson's a a sell or a hold. He's not uh, he's he's not a buy basically. Right. Uh, Jared Cook he had eight point nine points. Not bad for Jared Cook. Jared Cook is still the tight end one in fantasy football through two weeks. Hell yeah, just like we predicted. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Uh, all right, let's move on to week three. Denny, talk about defenses. I will. As soon as I pull my notes. Okay, all right. So, uh, Dolphins defense. Uh, probably not available in your league. Well, actually, no, they, they definitely are. They're, uh, they're at home against the Raiders. Uh, Dolphins are a three-point home favorite. Um, so, this comes down, I, I believe, to Derek Carr being quite bad on the road uh, over the past season and a half. Uh, he's... So he only averages 14 fantasy points per game uh, on on the road over that span, uh, along with an average of 1.1 interceptions uh, over that stretch. That number rises to 1.5 interceptions in Raiders' losses since the start of 2017, so since the the start of last season. Uh, Oakland is uh, particularly bad uh, in in home games. I'm sorry, in, in away games. Uh, averaging uh, just 15 points in away game losses uh, over the past three seasons. 
So um, all that to say that uh, I, I think that the I think that the Dolphins should have a pretty decent floor here. It's always hard to speak to a defense's ceiling, especially a stream streaming defense like this. Um, but uh, I I do think we should keep targeting Oakland. Uh, I know that the Broncos defense crapped out last week against them, um, but I have not lost hope that the Raiders are actually bad. Yeah, I think that Miami is a decent play as well. Um, I have two defenses that I'll go through quickly. One of them is Cleveland, actually. Uh, we're, we're living in a world where the Cleveland Browns defense is streamworthy. Um, they've looked good against Pittsburgh and New Orleans. You know, I think in week one, we thought to ourselves, you know, it was a, a wet game. Um, ben Roethlisberger is Ben Roethlisberger. He has games like that every year. Um, who knows what this Cleveland defense is. But then they went to New Orleans, and they looked pretty freaking good against yeah. New Orleans. Um, but now they're going to be at home. They're playing the Jets. They're three-point home favorites, um, and Sam Darnold has thrown three interceptions, and he's been sacked five times in his two starts against, or in his two starts to start the year. Um, so I, I think Cleveland is is a safe option, honestly, this week. There's not a very high over under. Um, I think Cleveland's absolutely fine. The other defense I want to talk about, though, that I think is flying under the radar a little bit, um, and I might like just as much as Cleveland, even though they're on the road. And it's the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. So let me let me talk through this logic a little bit. Okay, okay let's do it. So they're on the road, but they're only a one-point underdog, which is amazing because you're in Seattle. That's how bad Seattle is. Um, right now, Dallas has the second most sacks in the entire NFL, um, and they're a top 10 defense according to number fires metrics to start the season. Seattle's offensive line, meanwhile, has allowed 12 sacks, which is the most in the, in the NFL. Um, and I think that overall in this game, you know, the fear whenever you play a defense on the road is that they just get pummeled, right? Like, like they give up 35 points and, and it's just, it ruins your, your, uh, the, the defense's performance. But I think that Dallas in this matchup actually has kind of a healthy floor. You can feel good about not, or Seattle not scoring a ton of points. And the reason for that is because the over under is just 41 and a half. So that's good. Wow. Doubt. Da- Dallas has run the second fewest plays in the entire NFL to start the season, and Seattle has run the fifth fewest, and it's because Seattle is 22nd in, in, in uh, seconds per play, and Dallas is 30th, so we're looking at pace there. Hmm. So you're looking at two teams that run pretty slow, that haven't run a lot of plays, that we know want to run the football, and that's why I think that there's, a, you know, that that's definitely why there's a low over-under in this game, but that's why I think that that, that floor is there for Dallas, and then you add in the matchup of Dallas's pass rush versus uh, Seattle's offensive line, and you get a ceiling with them as well. Yeah, I, I I actually think that streaming against the Seahawks needs to become something of a thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in our in our Apex League, um, I was I was I tweeted about it, but in our Apex League this past week, I was playing um, Matt Kelly, the Podfather, and in that matchup going into the in, going into last night in the Monday night game. I was down points. I don't remember how many he had Russell Wilson and I had Chicago's defense and I was losing at one point and then Chicago got that pick six. And then at the very end, Russell Wilson threw that touchdown and I, I still won, but by 0.04. Wow. 0.04. Wow. God, I I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm happy for you, but I also have a pit in my stomach for Matt. My God. Yeah. I feel pretty bad for him. <laughs> you, should, you should feel kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, at quarterback this week, I'll start Denny. Uh, cause I have two guys I want to talk about, okay. but the first one is obvious. He's, he's the top streamer of the week. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's still owned in only 30% of leagues. Um, you know, at some point he's going to slow down, but I'm not sure that this is the week that he slows down. He's going to be at home. He's against Pittsburgh in a game that has one of the highest over unders on the week. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense has been awful. Uh, we saw it in sort of solid in week one. I mean, if if we compare how Cleveland played in week two versus how they played in week one, uh, Pittsburgh's defense isn't hasn't really shown up this year. Um, but not only that, one of, one of the key things I think in this game is that Ryan Fitzpatrick has been an incredible deep ball passer to start the season. Mm-hmm. Um, just four quarterbacks have thrown the ball deep more than Ryan Fitzpatrick has. And meanwhile, the Steelers have seen the second most deep balls against them this year. Uh, so I think that there's a chance that we see a lot of throws. We know that Tampa Bay can't run the ball. The Steelers have uh, the highest 
neutral uh, pass to neutral game script pass to run ratio in the league. I think we're going to see a lot of throws, especially because Tampa Bay is another funnel defense and they don't they have banged up corners. Um, so I think we're in a, in a position where we we could realistically, you know, on paper this is a shootout game, right? This is a a game that should see a lot of scoring. Um, I, you know, the fear is definitely there that Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, just goes back and regresses completely. And then just as typical, reg- typical, he regresses back to Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is still fine, right? Like Ryan Fitzpatrick is not like a horrible fan. It has not been a horrible fantasy no. asset and historically. And I think that what elevates him at least is in what you can feel decent about is the fact that he has those really good weapons. You know, he has arguably the best or at least some of the best weapons in the entire NFL. So yeah. I think that you should feel confident in starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. To me, he's a QB one this week, at least like on paper. Yeah, sure. I, I agree with that. Uh, by the way, how how are they going to put Jameis Winston back under under center unless unless Fitzpatrick completely folds over the uh, in, in next week? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't I don't think they can. I, yeah, I don't think they can. No, no. I I, I think that I, it's a tough spot, but. I think that until until he completely runs dry, I think that he has to stay in there. It's it's crazy too, because the the Buccaneers are two and zero right now. And when Jameis Winston's suspension uh, came out, I was like, you know, I was like, don't draft. The, the reason I didn't want to draft Tampa Bay running backs was partially because of what what I thought would be ultra negative game scripts for Tampa Bay to start the year. Yeah, right. Because you, you they were facing New Orleans, uh, a Super Bowl favorite. Philadelphia, who's coming off a Super Bowl win. Now, a lot of the analysis was was pre Carson Wentz not playing to start the year, but then and then they get Pittsburgh, an, an AFC favorite. Right. You know, it's like it's like who who would have ever thought that Tampa Bay would be sitting at two and zero right now, um, in a position to start the season three and zero because the Steelers are a dumpster fire. And they and and they still they can't run the ball even though they want they desperately yeah. they desperately want to be backwards and and run the ball to win. But yeah, well, anyway. All right, Denny, who's your quarterback? Blake Bortles. We're back to Bortles. Uh, he's playing at home against Tennessee. The uh, The Jaguars are a seven-point favorite, which honestly doesn't seem like enough, but we'll just go with that. Uh, so I, I looked into it a little bit, um, and uh, Bortles in four games in which the Jaguars have been five-plus-point home favorites. So stay with me here. So when the Jags are heavy, home I just favorites. have, I'm just seeing the Zach Alphanakis, uh, the, the gif of him looking at all the numbers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just picture me like that right now. Um, uh, when the sun is at a certain angle on Sunday afternoon, <laughs> no, it's, um, uh, so when, when they're, when they're five plus point home favorites, Bortles has averaged 26.6 fantasy points per game, including two, touchdown throws per game now i know that's a that's a small sample so let's look at a, a slightly larger sample more generally Bortles Bortles has averaged 21.3 fantasy points at home just at home no wins no win loss splits just at home uh so he's been good he's been good at home he's especially productive we'll say when the Jaguars have good game script and, and, and come out with a win, uh, the matchup is, is fine. I mean, you know, quarterbacks haven't exactly torched the Titans so far this year, but uh, the Titans have been pretty soft against the pass, allowing a 70% completion rate to opposing passers and 8.5 yards per completion, which is the third highest in the league after two weeks. Uh I I don't think Bortles is the top streamer, but I think it's pretty close. Yeah, I think I think he's fine. I think that that he's in a a pretty good spot. You know, he should have a decent floor. Definitely not. You know, I don't see him as Ryan Fitzpatrick, but um, you know, you could do worse than Blake Bortles, which is what you know, like we always say, that's our tagline. You could do yeah, worse. Exactly, and also Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you're listening, and I know I know you you are, uh, don't do to us what i think you're going to do to us on monday night which is completely shat the bed please right right uh and by the way i I want to throw out there that we are ryan fitzpatrick hipsters it's it's on it's on our twitter cover yeah it's it's been on our twitter cover since we create the the twitter cover is eli manning geno smith ryan fitzpatrick geno and ryan fitzpatrick are covered up by our our avatar on the on the site uh alex smith so this is this is pre-alex smith being super fantasy relevant Jared Cook in a Rams jersey. Hilarious. 
All right. Owen Daniels. Oh, my God. Okay. Niles Paul. And who who is the... Oh, my God. Who is... What's his oh, name? The old Chandler. Bills tight end? Chandler. Oh, yeah. Chandler. Oh, my gosh. Scott Chandler, right? Yeah, Scott Chandler. God, we used to, we used to always recommend Chandler. We did. We did. Um, so, I'm going to give you guys a deep quarterback play. Um, I don't think that he's close to, to the other two. Um, but it's Mitch Trubisky. Let me explain. Okay. I told Denny that I had a really weird narrative for this one. All right, let's do it. So Mitch Trubisky, if you watched that game against Seattle, you were probably just, just tilting your face off because he was just throwing the ball like three yards down the field consistently. He's been a really low average depth of target quarterback this year. His A dot is eighth lowest in the league. Okay. Now let's look at what Arizona's done so far. In week one, Alex Smith, who has the third lowest A dot, Alex Smith has been, he's back to old Alex Smith, by the way. Yeah. He, he's just dinking and dunking. But he let them up for 255 yards. He had a pair of scores. In that game, Alex Smith's average depth of target was 3.2. Oh, that's, that's the lowest A dot game of the entire season by any relevant quarterback. Okay. And Chicago has similar pieces to beat Arizona. You know, we, we saw Chris Thompson do a lot of work. We saw their running backs do a lot of work against them, right? And you have a similar situation where Tariq Cohen is that that shifty pass catcher. Jordan Howard's the bruiser, similar to what we saw with Chris Thompson and AP. Um, and then we they also have that athletic tight end in Trey Burton. Um, and if you look at how their the quarterbacks have performed against uh, Arizona's to start the year, Alex Smith in week one had a 55% success rate. So this is according to number fires net expected points metric. That's the percentage of positive expected points plays, right? Mm-hmm. Usually anything above 50% is really good. Mm-hmm. Elite quarterbacks, you know, Aaron Rodgers will have a 52 or 53% success rate. Okay. Alex Smith in week one, despite that a dot was 55%. Jared Goff in week two was close to 65%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are absurd numbers. I think that Arizona's defense is bad. I think that Chicago's going to have no problem uh, stuffing the offense and, and putting Mitch Trubisky in these, in these plus situations. Yeah. And, you know, in scenarios like that, you're really hoping that if they're close to the end zone, they just happen to throw the ball instead of run the ball in, right? Yes. If, they, if, they, if they have three offensive touchdowns, sure, Mitch Trubisky could have 200 yards and three scores. And then all of a sudden, he's a very reliable fantasy asset on the day. So to me, the matchups there, you know, Mitch Trubisky's not very good. He's looked pretty bad the first two games. He has weapons at least. Um, he's a deeper play, but I, I do think that there's at least something there. Yeah, I mean, Trubisky, to me, looks horrendous. But that has that ever stopped us from streaming That's somewhere? never stopped us. It, That's it, never stopped us. It has not, and it should not, especially in a game where the quarterback should benefit from a lot of really good game script. And, and I, you know, so I think, I think that that logic, that logic fits saying that, I mean, Trubisky looks like garbage. I don't know how they're they're supposed to like go forward with him as the guy. There's been, there's been, I mean, hopefully it's, it's partially like just growing pains and there's a new offense, but you're sitting there and you're like, well, Patrick Mahomes came in and he was super raw and he's lighting up the league right now. And he's chucking the ball down the field. And I mean, I, I I'm so obsessed with Pat Mahomes, dude. Oh, like, like it's it's inc- it, he's incredible. Can, can I tell you something that I find incredibly baffling is when I see uh, fantasy posts on Twitter being like, uh, you know, Mahomes' stock is rising. I now have him as my quarterback ten. Right? Yeah. I'm like, wow, what? I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Who who the hell is better than Patrick Mahomes? Who are you starting <laughs> over Patrick Mahomes? You're not starting anyone over Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, look, I, the regression regression is coming. He has 10 touchdowns on 55 attempts. It's like it's it's the most absurd start that I've ever seen, right? But I don't I don't care. Like there's a difference between someone doing that with with no weapons, right? As opposed to it being an incredibly creative offense with incredibly good weapons and he's an incredible prospect. All of that combined, of of course he's a top fantasy quarterback. Like maybe not the, sure. Maybe you want to make the argument that, that Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, but I don't, I I think that you can easily make the argument that it's Pat Mahomes and that's coming from an analytical person in the way that I view football and analyze football. And I look at regression all the time. I don't care. 
I, I don't care. <laughs> Do you hear that, people? You listen, listen to level-headed JJ is saying he doesn't care about regression with Patrick Mahomes. I will say it. He, I would. There's nobody, no quarterback I would even consider starting over Patrick Mahomes from here on out, no matter the matchup. Late round QB Patrick Mahomes QB one. All right, Danny, let's go to tight ends. You have you have two. Well, technically three, but so you yeah. can start because I only have one. Yeah, really weird situation <laughs> this week with the tight ends but uh so go ahead and go pick up both Steelers tight ends I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding I'm, I'm kidding don't do that uh so Jesse James and Vince, Vance McDonald are interesting for different reasons and and JJ feel free to chime in because um this is your team which is collapsing on itself because it lost one game um but uh so Jesse James has 15 targets over two weeks uh uh, Vance McDonald had five targets last week, which uh, I believe is the same number that Jesse James had, except for James turned his into a crap ton. I'm for the kids, a crap ton of uh, of fantasy points. Can um, I say? Can I say? If if any of you guys have like consistently watched Jesse James, every time he catches the ball, when he runs, he immediately he does like the the hunch over. Yeah, you, you know, like like some some really white tight ends do this, where they where they catch they catch the ball. Okay, I'm sorry for putting race into this, but they <laughs> they, they, they catch the ball and they immediately turn and they, instead of just like bolting and run, they they hunch over and they start like like doing like high knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, right. No, Jesse what? James is the qu- watch. Jesse James every time he catches the freaking ball, yeah. he hunches over and he starts running like his his body just it's, there's like a ninety degree angle at his hip. It, it, well, he looks afraid to get hit, and and, and I don't blame him because he's such a big dude. He could yeah, get, right. He he could get hit and not even know it. I mean, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, no. Listen, hey, listen, white guys listening to this podcast. Do not have your feelings hurt, you know, by, by, by that. It's a joke. Everybody relax. Relax. Chill. Okay. Let's, let's just, let's take it down. But, uh, but yeah, so, so Jesse James is posting huge numbers, but Vance McDonald, uh, a, he ran more routes, pass routes yeah. last week, um, against the, whoever they played, uh, the chiefs and, <laughs> and, and, um, you know, just didn't he, Vance McDonald just you know didn't go for 138 uh, uh, yards and 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 what it was two touchdowns for James? Yeah, uh, one, two, one. The, the only I can only remember the one where he he almost uh, dropped the ball one. again. Yeah, right. And uh, uh, but um, so I think and I, I think you agree, JJ, that that the the sharp pickup might be Vance McDonald. I think it is. Uh, and and this this week, the matchup is right because um, after allowing five catches for 60 yards against New Orleans tight ends, the Bucks got absolutely ripped by Eagles tight ends for 15 catches and 151 yards. So somebody's going to eat. Somebody is going to eat. I don't think that you can just say, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely Jesse James. Yeah, I mean, I'm on I'm on Team Vance because I'm I'm thinking about how they how they talked him up in the in in camp and how we thought that Vance McDonald was going to be that guy. He was injured. Now he's starting to play a little bit more. And then last week, like you said, he ran one more route than Jesse James did. I think that there's a chance that we just start to see that shift happen a little bit more because Vance McDonald's the better pass catcher than Jesse James is. And I think a lot of people are going to be on Jesse James, but I'm going to be contrarian and say, go with Vance McDonald. Yeah. That, and, and it's my take. This is why they brought Vance McDonald in. Right. I mean, right. They, yeah. They, I mean, they want, they want him to be Ladarius green. Right. Right. right like they, yes. they want, they want that. They have never had that type, type of tight end. They've had, I mean, Heath Miller was fine. He was great, but he, they never had that guy who can really stretch the field. So um, I, that's why I think Vance McDonald's really, really interesting and no one's going to be on him for and, the most part. And listen, and without Antonio Brown now, you know, there, <laughs> yeah, exactly. there will be targets to go around. Um, so my tight end streamer that I want to talk about is Ian Thomas. Um, Cincinnati hasn't been, uh, they have a decent, the defense is, is not the easiest for, for opposing passing attacks. Uh, but over the last, I mean, even last year, they weren't very good against tight ends, but to start the season, they haven't been very good against tight ends either. Uh, they've allowed the most yards per play down the middle of the field through the air, 
um, for, for their team specifically. They're much worse uh, in the middle of the field as opposed to the perimeter. Um, in week one, both Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron finished as top seven tight ends in PPR leagues against the Bengals. In week two, we saw Mark Andrews find the end zone against them. Um, and I think that this could be the week that we see a little bit more Ian Thomas. Um, he played uh, almost 96% of Carolina's snaps in week two when filling in for Greg Olson. Uh, he ran the second most routes at the tight end position last week. Only one, I think it was Zach Ertz, was the only tight end that ran more routes uh, than Ian Thomas did. That's a good sign that, that they want to utilize him as a receiver. So I think just yeah. given the matchup, uh, Ian Thomas is kind of like the quintessential tight end streamer. You know, the, the guy that no one's thinking about, no one cares about, but really the peripheral numbers are there. He's playing a lot of snaps and he's running a, a lot of routes and he has a good matchup and he's playing with a good quarterback. I mean, well, to Denny, uh, you know, he, a, a backup quarterback, but... Um, I, I do think that, that Ian Thomas is a, is a good streamer this week. No, no, I've softened my, I've softened my, my cam hate. I, I feel like I, like a little, a little out of control. So yeah, I'm, I hear, I'm, I hear, I'm I, I won't, I won't bring it up. I won't bring it up because I don't want to perpetuate that narrative. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so, All right, um, go ahead, Denny. Last one. Yeah. OJ Howard. He's not running many routes, which is concerning. He has, he's run 36 total routes in two games but Cameron Bray is not is he not playing I I he doesn't he's just have... not they're just not utilizing him the same the, the split last year was really heavily Cameron Bray to start the year and then it started to shift towards OJ Howard and now it's just basically shifted not totally but but a lot more towards OJ Howard but does Bray have targets am I seeing that wrong I don't know what Bray's usage has looked like exactly, I, but it's not as good as OJ Howard's. But OJ, to be fair, OJ Howard still only has like ten percent of the team's targets. Yeah, right. And and so that that that's concerning. And and you know, he he looks a lot better because he had that long uh, catch and run. Yeah. Last week against the uh, the Eagles, but um, you know the the Steelers have been pretty soft against tight ends. We saw Kelsey just destroy them. Uh, tight ends have caught eleven passes versus the Steelers in two weeks. Um, you know, but again, Howard only has six targets in two games, you know, as the, as the bucks have thrown it, you know, as they say around the yard, um, <laughs> Howard, it, I don't know who says that. <laughs> they're just, they're but, just playing catch out there. Right. Yeah. Oh God. I love that one. I love yeah. that one. Uh, but, and, and so Howard's, you know, Howard's not really involved. Um, but I, I guess if you're desperate, go with him, but you know, um, I thought the same thing well actually i was a lot more confident in john o. smith and he was not involved at all so uh i i would i would definitely want one of the steelers tight ends over over howard yeah i agree i agree so, but you look you're associating him with a, a game with a high over under you know it's a dart throw it's, it's not you could do worse it, again uh, once again. again you could do worse yes so to recap, O.J. Howard, Ian Thomas, the Steelers tight ends, preferably probably Vance McDonald. Uh, at quarterback, we have Mitch Trubisky as a deep play, Blake Bortles as a middle play, and Ryan Fitzpatrick as a top play. On defense, we have Dallas, Miami, and Cleveland. All right, Denny, let's get to these questions. We have some interesting ones. The first one is from at Knuckle Pop. We haven't heard from Ross oh, in a while. Knuckle. Uh, it says, Jage, Dennis, good afternoon. A GD jabroni at work won't stop with his awful Jimmy Buffett and the Steve Miller band recommendations. Question, which historically, which historically popular bands or musicians do you roundly reject despite their, ac- uh, despite, despite their acclaim? Sorry, I'm reading from the corner of my eye as I usually do. Yeah, no, that's okay. It's hard to read from the corner of your eye. Uh, <laughs> the, the one that comes to mind for me is U2. I, that's a good one. I think U2 stinks, uh, and I'm not afraid to say it. Uh, I don't care if the uh, you know the sixty-year-old U2 truthers are at my doorstep tomorrow, furious and um, uh, you know tweeting obscenities at me. Uh, I I don't know. I just I don't know much about their like really old stuff. Yeah. Um, but I just find I find their their music over the past twenty years to be so. Uh, oh milk toast just vanilla i don't get it i got you i think that he named mine would be jimmy buffett but like i to, <laughs> to be fair to be fair i'm not a i'm not a, I, I would never ever consider myself a music buff as i've talked about on this podcast before like it's just right. not i'm not i'm not someone who like you know sits there and like has conversations about music i just listen to stuff 
Yeah, right, right. I, I, I just any so you two just doesn't seem to be interested in experimenting at all. And I understand not every band is made to to do experimental music. That's that's not you know right. everybody's thing. But once in a while, maybe make a song sound a little different than you usually do. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. This next question is from at Rob underscore C underscore 14. You still want to stick with Toad being the best character in Mario Kart? <laughs> I think we should just leave that one there. I will say I'm going to have a, I need to have an emergency Patreon pod on the Toad president situation, but we'll, yeah. we'll move on. Okay. Next one at Mallory RT four. Why is it so entertaining to listen to two guys' opinions on the random details of life alongside solid fantasy football analysis? I think that's a great question. We have no idea why people listen to this podcast. I mean, I have I have tested the limits of this phenomenon by just putting uh, turning on my periscope <laughs> yeah. and, and just having the periscope just film me just doing nothing. <laughs> right. And people will watch it. Right. And, yeah. And, and uh, I, so I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a, you know, the, the, the desperation for human connection in the digital age. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't fully get it. Um, but I think, I don't know. I think that there's something to humanizing things. Like we, we humanize things a lot, like too much. I mean, we talked about poop etiquette last episode. Yeah, uh, and and that's not new. I mean, people, you know, have been listening to radio shows forever. You know, for true for true. similar reasons. I mean, not true. not to get that like information that uh, actionable information. Which, by the way, you know, at least sixty nine percent of our information is actionable. Yeah, um, right. But uh, it is. It is. I think. I think it is part of like the fact that we're all attached to computers all day and. We, but we, we crave, you know, that, that human part of it. Yeah. I mean, we're both also pretty accessible. I like, would, I think, I, th- I think that goes, goes to it too. I would like to, th- I mean, th- yeah. I mean, our listeners know, know, know me better than my estranged wife does. Yeah, exactly. This next one's from at Alex, the thinker, any good buy low targets at tight end. I have Burton, but I am disappointed by his offense and expect it to remain poor. My favorite buy low is, is Jack Doyle. Yeah. Um, and the, the main reason is, Everyone's on Eric Ebron. He's scored the touchdowns, um, but Jack Doyle's run significantly more routes. He's played significantly more snaps, and he's seen more targets. Uh, so Jack Doyle, to me, especially, he connects really well with Andrew Luck's low A dot. Uh, so I think I think Jack Doyle's a really good buy right now. Yeah, people are going to start dropping Doyle, and and only two tight ends have more targets through two weeks. Yeah, this next one's from at Tummage. Um, it says. Denny's father, Steve Smith, has a has a doctorate in route running. What things do you have doctorates in? Guessing pooping etiquette is one. I, I've taught. I know mine. Mine is remembering '90s jingles. That's a hell. That's a hell of a superpower. I, any any theme song, any commercial, I remember it, and it's it sucks because I could do so much more with my life by using that memory and brain power and putting it to something useful. Yeah, I mean. I'm I'm fine with it. I think but, I think it's a fine use of of your of your brain capacity. Um, what what was the uh, the oh Steve Smith's thing? Oh Steve Smith uh, got into it with Michael Irvin, and and I and I wanted to tweet at Michael Irvin and be like, I feel you. Yeah, exactly. yeah, for like, real. You got owned by Steve Smith, and trust me, it's not fun. We need to know what you would have your doctorate in, Denny. Oh. Hmm. Man, that's a that's that's a good question. Uh, I I would say um, either vitamin taking uh, or because I never forget, and I, and I truly mean this. That's I impressive. never ever forget to take my vitamins, my many vitamins, uh, um, or or recognizing the voices of the voiceovers of cartoon characters. I am wow. Amazed at that. Okay. Okay. And, so like and, the, the so like the actors you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can be like, oh, that's so and so, and and my wife will roll her eyes and be like, no, it's not, and then I'll look it up and be like, see, I told you it is. Yes. Nice. Nice. Uh, this next question I'm going to answer pretty quickly just because it's I, I think it's easy. This is from at the ff whiz perer trade advice, fellas. Trade my Hogan and AP for his Thielen, and the answer is yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Next one, at Chris underscore quick. And I, I screwed this up because listen to this question. Two-part question. What's the worst way someone has mispronounced your name? Second one, is now a good time to mention my last name is pronounced Swick and not Quick? Oh. It's spelled C-W-I-K. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. I mean, look, that, I mean, you probably haven't had like a, a character or anything. No, right? no, like, no. Like people can pronounce your Danny. last name. It's all, it's all about Danny. I've been called okay. Danny my entire life. Okay. Um, my my last name gets butchered all the time. I mean, the 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 usual one is like Zacherison or something like that. Oh, that's that's something. Yeah. I mean, uh, people people really struggle with an eleven letter last name. Uh, I I uh, I really appreciate the people who refuse to pronounce my my son's name, which is Xavier. Uh, they they say Xavier. They like they like yeah, emphasize right. the X Xavier and. And I'm like, oh, it's it's Xavier, like like with a Z. And they're like, oh, okay, so Xavier. Right. No, that I just said. Right. Uh, this next question is is honestly, I feel like it's about Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron, but it, it says it's from at you can call me SRS. Given the tight end role, I don't know why I read it like that. Probably because I'm reading from the side of my head, my eyes looking to the side. Given tight end role. Shouldn't player being targeted in red zone be more valued than players sharing a role with slightly more targets and snaps? Here's the thing. When you have such a small sample, you know, a guy seeing two red zone targets versus zero or three red zone targets versus one or whatever, then you can't confidently say this guy is going to have more usage the rest of the season. The reason we're looking at snaps is because you need to be on the field to score fantasy points. The reason why we're looking at targets is because you need those looks to sustain fantasy success. So that's why Jack Doyle, to me, is an easy, easy buy and mm-hmm. easily the guy that I want to own in Indianapolis, unless, of course, they start using Eric Ebron differently. Then everything changes. But right now, it's Jack Doyle. Yeah, r- routes are incredibly important important for tight ends. I know we talked about this. We've talked about that many times, but it's worth emphasizing at this point where you, where you have you know Ebron posting the numbers, but... You know, Doyle's route running is really important. Yeah. This next one's from at Johnny775. Are you a watch on the top of the wrist or on the bottom like a crazy person? Big watch wants to know. Uh, tell big watch that I, that I am not, you know, clinically insane. So I, I wear it on top. Right. I mean, I don't, I, I never wear, I'm never going to wear a watch. It's not my thing, but, but it make it legit. I feel legitimately uncomfortable when it's not on top. So she said, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. It's just like legit uncomfortable. It's very strange, isn't it? It is. It is strange. I, I, I don't understand. I, I, maybe I like, do people who consider themselves to be like army Rangers do that? I don't know. It, it's, it makes me, f- I, I'm, I'm, I'm like having a, p- a panic attack right now. It makes me feel really strange. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Do you want to, you want to log off for a minute? Yeah, I should. I'm going to retire. Actually. <laughs> oh. Uh, all right, let's just move on. This next one at CT Jumas. What's worse, pouring a glass of water and having the top not open on the Brita pitcher and having the water stream out everywhere or never being able to react fast enough to honk at someone on the road. <laughs> I mean, look, the, 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 uh, the Brita pitcher situation is way worse because you have to actually do something and, and clean up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> but, but the reacting like that's a that's a real real first world problem is the honking thing. Yeah, I mean one one day in the not too distant future we will complain that we just don't have water, but uh um for now we'll complain that it it's spilling all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But but um the the car thing is funny because if you sit there and stew over what happened on the road for long enough you will come up with the most elaborate yeah, of all will. time yeah. that, that, that you can never execute. You could never do <laughs> what you're thinking because it took you, it took you 11 minutes to come, yeah. to come up with it. And all you had was two seconds. Yeah. Yep. So true. I mean, look, I, there's so many like awful road rage incidents, but you can, you can kind of understand how it unfolds that way. I, oh, I, we, I think we've all had the instinct to kill. <laughs> Uh, like like road road rage is a very very like real thing that that I I'm, what what percent of people like truly truly experience it like ninety eight 
I, I, I would, I would guess a hundred percent. Honestly, I, I, the things, things that I have thought on the road, uh, <laughs> they, they're un, unspeakable, literally unspeakable. I can't talk about them. <laughs> Uh, this next one's from at Ryan Hester 13. I'm interested for JJ's thoughts on the Steelers dramatic locker room and start so far the season. Also, what does number fires say are their playoff chances? What percentage would both of you assign to that? So I looked and the Steelers percentage to make the playoffs right now is 36.9. So there's a six, nine in there. So that deserves a little bit of a nice, all right. All right. Uh, 36.9% right now. Um, how I feel about the situation is this is the most Pittsburgh Steelers thing of all time. I, like I like it. Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger era thing ever. And we're going to agree on this, Denny. They're making the playoffs, right? Like yeah. this is, this is, this is what, like what, what percentage would you say the Steelers make? Like what, what kind of odds would you give them? It, it's a 100% chance. <laughs> it's a 100%. There, there's no, they're, they're going to go 10 and six wild card. They're going to advance to the AFC champ. Just put them in the put them in the AFC championship today, <laughs> and, lo- and lose the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, right. No, I mean, look, I I think that I, truly, I do think that Mike Tom, like there there is some cause for concern because Mike Tomlin is a player's coach, and he's he's not like a a, a technical coach that that is like you know beating you via his game plan each week, right? Mm-hmm. He's more of a motivator, and when you're a motivator and you lose control of your team, that's a little bit scary. It is. Um, I, I do. I do enjoy the fact that your Steelers fans think that the team can get along without the best player in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's it's really it's such an absurd notion that you know. People, the other thing too is like like Antonio Brown tweeting like responding to that tweet and saying like why don't they trade or trade me or something like that. He was clearly not saying to the Steelers, please trade me right no. now. He's re- he's just talking junk back to this other dude saying, "Trade me and I'll show you that I'm still good." Yeah. Exactly. That, that's all that's all he meant and everyone's just blowing it up. The Pittsburgh media is just out of control with these Antonio Brown stories and then he misses he missed the the game film uh, meeting yesterday, mm-hmm. which was a really bad move by him. You know, like, like you gotta, you gotta realize that if you're going to do that, people are going to jump all over you. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is drama that, that happens. It's just seemingly every freaking year. Usually it surrounds Ben Roethlisberger. Now it's, it's surrounding, you know, first Le'Veon Bell, now Antonio Brown. I, I'm just, you know, it, it, they're just so used to winning all the time and they don't know what to do when they lose. It's so it's, it's, you guys are so spoiled. I mean, you, you tie the Browns, you lose to a really good chiefs team and, and, and it's the, the, the franchise is about to collapse into the ground. Like yeah. in Batman, you know, like, in, yeah, like right, right. in Batman movie where, where the team goes underground. Uh, uh, I joked today on Twitter that, that every time the Steelers lose, it seems like, Steelers fans are ready to uh, reanimate the corpse of Chuck Knoll, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, to have him step in for Mike Tomlin. It is, it's a, the right. overreaction is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's a, it's a spoiled fan base. Um, fortunately, you know, I've just become, I mean, we've seen my evolution. I feel like as a, as a fan oh, for of yeah, the Steelers, yeah. dude, you, you used to, uh, you used to be gutted when they, yeah. when they lost and that's yeah. not the case anymore. No, I mean, I wasn't even like, I wasn't even like moved. When they when they <laughs> lost to the Chiefs, I mean the Penguins are a little bit different, but again, it's I think it's just the the whole like I'm analyzing su- this stuff. I have to be objective. Yeah. I'll cel- I'll celebrate victories, but like I, especially against Pat Mahomes, who is the second coming. I mean the guy's amazing. Like it's it's very difficult for me to be upset about that. Uh, this next one's from at number one punna with Witten proving you don't have to be good to be an announcer. If you guys called a game, who would be the play by play and who would be the color guy? I have a feeling JJ would do both as Denny would scream cry after the first missed extra point. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious that you would be play by play. Yeah. I'm, here's the thing though. I'm not very like quick on my feet. It's why I don't like doing like radio very much uh you're pretty you're you're good on your feet i you know and i maybe it's a confidence i i don't know i I just i feel like i'm not very like quick with it and i would i would feel let's just say this i would feel a lot more comfortable as the color guy i i I would be really yeah oh i'm i'm surprised i mean you would be good at either don't get me wrong but i feel like if it was between the two of us and we were talking to the network people they would be like 
the guy who keeps screaming running backs don't matter. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're you a beat to be the car. <laughs> yeah. Be, be, between us, between us, yes, right. that would probably be how it would go down. But like like my little secret is that I don't like doing things like radio because radio is like, you know, there's not an agenda that you can't like sit back and like critically think about things before you say them. And I, you know, I I just, I, I have high standards for the things that I say in my analysis and I just, I don't want to be a hot take guy. Well, that, and I feel, well, I feel like problem. with that, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, it's a confidence thing too. I don't really have that much confidence. Yeah, uh, I, I can give you some of mine. <laughs> this next one's from at Crix Blair. How long before Crocs become the, the official footwear of living the stream? What? Do you have a pair? I have a pair of Crocs. Um, Little I known don't. secret. I, I I don't and actually I'm gonna drive down to your house tonight and take away your Crocs. But not not they're... not the traditional look not the traditional Crocs where you can put those little like gem pieces in it. Uh huh. Not not like that. They're like like slip ons that you can. I, I'm I'm old enough to remember when it was a two, a two day news story when President Bush was seen wearing Crocs. <laughs> I, I'm 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 that old. Stick to football. Yeah. Uh, this last question is from at Shunter eighty six. Uh, is there anything more tilting than infants' hands becoming possessed and then smacking them in the face and then and waking them up moments after you put them to bed, thinking they're out for the night? What, what is this uh, when the baby hits itself? Yeah, it wakes itself up. You gotta live I've, that swaddle life, man. Have you seen this? I mean, I've seen Avery like like move and i don't know about hitting herself yeah I, I don't know I, we also but we also swaddle her whenever she goes to bed she's a she's very much i, I i'm assuming like did you swaddle your kids oh yeah no no we we got we got the expensive ass swaddle uh thing that's the name brand expensive ass swaddle <laughs> uh and and we <laughs> and we tied that shit around around the the kids uh uh and it was perfect they the kid they slept great when we used it uh our parents are honestly our parents were this close to calling the cops because um they thought they've never seen anything like it because they're all dinosaurs but yeah, i right. do do you use that we use we use yes we also use the expensive ass swaddle uh tm <laughs> but the uh yeah we use a swaddle and she her her arms are are she it's the most tilting thing is when she like gets like hulk like strength oh yeah breaks it's like how are you are you are nine and a half pounds like how is this happening right now you're barely yes you're like barely able to lift any like any of your limbs yeah and somehow you can bust out like the freaking hulk like you said um, by the way, this episode of Living the Stream is brought to you by expensive ass swaddle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she she uh, she's also now like she Avery could hold her head up pretty early. Like her her neck was strength was was pretty strong. Like like right away, it was kind of freaky. But but we we still experience like like the you know whenever they're like holding their head up because she's she'll be two months old at the end of the month. But whenever they're holding their head up and then they just like drop to one side. Yeah. Cause they, they can't like quite hold it up enough. Plus I have a giant head and I'm afraid that she inherited that. So it doesn't help, help the circumstances. <laughs> that is always, always a fear. I have a rather large cranium as well. And, and I was afraid I would pass that on to both my kids. I believe that they both avoided the large cranium, but we'll yeah. see. I don't, I don't know for sure with Avery yet. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for today's show. Denny, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah. At CD Carter 13 on, on Twitter. Uh, uh, please check out our patreon page it's uh, patreon.com slash living the stream i have my week three kicker column it's not just waiver wire kickers it's i mentioned like eight kickers in there including the rams kicker situation so check it out you can you can uh get access to all that stuff for as little as one dollar per month and i am on twitter at late round qb my weekly column the report will be out tomorrow uh, Wednesday. So you might even be listening to this on Wednesday. So don't think that it'll be out on Thursday because it'll be out on Wednesday. Uh, I also wrote the 15 transactions column that I do each week and did my podcast, the late round podcast, another podcast that I do go subscribe to that. Look on numberfire.com. Check it all out. Denny, there's a tilt montage. Uh, there is it's, it's abbreviated, but I think you may enjoy it. Enjoy the tilting and we will catch you guys next week.
It's uh, 4.47 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and, and, and the, the tilt montage is going to be abbreviated this week. Here's, here's the montage. You ready for this? Are you ready for this? Because I'm not sure you're ready for this. I'm not ready for this. I lost to a friend today in a head-to-head matchup on FanDuel who hasn't played fantasy football in years. He beat me with the fantastic cash game trio of Ryan Fitzpatrick, Deshaun Jackson, and O.J. Howard. It's the worst cash lineup ever created for daily fantasy purposes, and I lost to it by 20. I'm fucking tilting. Thank you for listening to Living the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about 